So I'll respond, respond to a couple of questions. Someone's asking about the Vipassana retreat. Is this a Vipassana retreat? What kind of retreat would this be called? Is it a Vipassana retreat? Our friends call it a Vipassana retreat, but she's not certain, or he's not certain. Is there any obligation as a yogi to explain the difference to others? It's just names, names in conventions. If you want to give people an idea of what you're doing, uh, probably best to talk uh, simple language. I'll get into this uh, Buddhist jargon. Talk about uh, taking some time to steady, calm the mind, clean up, detox, <laughs> detox the chitta. How about that? So this term vipassana is uh, quite a, quite a popular word, popular term that's developed over time. I call language. The Buddha occasionally, very occasionally, used this word vipassana. Mostly talked about development of panya, which is perhaps more useful and uh, less uh, conflictual term. Panya discernment, discernment, ability to discern, um, skillful from unskillful, which not everybody can do. It takes a little bit because sometimes a lot of unskillful things seem okay. Everybody else is doing them, feels okay. Yeah. So it means you begin to uh, recognize cause and effect and recognize what it's doing to you. Where the, where the energies come from that cause you to act in a certain way, think in a certain way, where, the, where, you, where you arrive at. Just though that sense of sustaining attention over a, a mental intention, mental action, uh, verbal action, where does it land, where does it go to, how are you now? Um, that's called wisdom, banya, uh, and directing it really to your own chitta, your own awareness, your own heart, your own mind. And then uh, where does stress occur, or pressure? Uh, Perhaps slightly more subtle question, because there can be the pressure of good intention. Got to get this done, really want to help somebody, got to make work, which turns into worry. Uh, Feeling overwhelmed to the things one would like to help and get done and, uh, and so forth and then pressure, the pressure of perceptions feelings, mental formations the discernment, you begin to get a sense of what, what can one can effectively do in terms of Dhamma maintaining uh, presence, fullness, richness of awareness and being generous with it and who knows? 
on the effects. Who knows what we can achieve with that? But don't blink. Just keep going <laughs> and see where it spreads. And there's always going to be something you couldn't do, but don't worry about it. This is discernment. This is very. I tend to use ordinary language. Vipassana, you know, generally in the, in the scriptures, occurs as part of a dyad. Uh, samatha, vipassana. Samatha is the response. How does the mind get more steady, stable? So anything that causes that to occur, steady, stable, that comes under the heading of samatha. And uh, we pass then the answer to the question: How does how do we investigate the conditions that are affecting the mind? Any any response to that? Any actions? Any practices that help us to understand what are the causes and conditions that are affecting the mind? It's called vipassana, and the Buddha said you want to cultivate those two together because a certain sense of steadying uh, and and steadying the mind, you begin to witness how much activity there is and then which is good, which is bad which is useful you need to develop um, this insightful discernment over what's affecting the chitta but until you really get a sense of the chitta you, you don't even know what's affecting it because you're just, you're just experiencing a constant movement of effects <laughs> you know so there's a sense of really having a, enough presence to know what is, what is affecting because it's just one effect after another it's just uh, reaction, counter-reaction distraction, uh, counter-reaction to that uh, spinning off somewhere else there isn't even a steady centre to refer to um, to be able to recognise what is affecting me and who's the me, what's the me that's being affected that is called chitta um, so, but this uh, vipassana and samatha got differentiated into what's said to do different schools of meditation, and the samatha tended to go much more towards uh, emphasizing the value of deep absorption, where the world more or less disappears, and you're in some very uh, luminous or grounded space, and nothing's occurring. Mm. The disadvantage being with nothing occurring, you don't really get any wisdom <laughs> because you've more or less uh, moved out of the karmic field. You see, so you've dropped through this web of causes and conditions we call our karmic field, web of causes and conditions in the mind, which you're normally bouncing off, you know, reacting to thoughts, impulses, memories, attitudes customs, habits, uh, reflexes, phobias, addictions, fears, interests, so forth, just bouncing off that. And if you you can drop through that into something very deep, but then you don't really understand that, that level of causes and conditions. So when you come out of the depth, you go back to that again. Yeah. So that's the disadvantage or the drawback of samadha. Vipassana, you can be so analysing everything, you never really get a sense of a solid, um, uh, comfortable, rested, uh, rested mind. Because Vipassana, you have to be fairly busy. It takes energy to keep, you know, contemplating, reflecting, discerning things.
and some schools have built up very complex um, analysis of conditions Myanmar developed a, like an epidemic um, exposition of all the many forms of chitasikas and mind movements and so forth that one has to be aware of it gets very complex uh, yeah One of the simplest forms of vipassana is just to uh, begin recognizing uh, what is moving the mind now. It's in any given in, in any given moment, in any given, any given uh, uh, mental inclination, what's driving it? How is it affected? Is it affected by uh, joy or worry or? You know, compulsiveness, or what's it, what's touching it now? What's being affected now? Whatever affects it is of the nature to to shift and change. Um, and certainly, wants to be aware of the unskillful uh, effects. So those are uh, approaches that we can benefit from, make use of. But remember, we're not at a university doing a kind of course in meditation. We're experiencing our lives here. Uh, This isn't something abstract. This is about you, your life, your reality. Uh, And uh, entering into that and finding a place where you can work with what moves you, what carries you, what burdens you, what liberates you. Uh, So I call it just Dhamma practice uh, forest so remember this is like forest practice uh, based itself on the understanding of the Buddha's lifestyle so it's a living practice it's not uh, a text practice it's a uh, a lifestyle practice and it's based upon experiencing you know coming to terms with what your life is bringing up for you so it's often colloquial the expression is a colloquial because we're all living very colloquial lives <laughs> none of it's there's no jargon in it really and, uh, and so the way the Buddha lived you know, was under a tree out in the forest and recommended forest life for the simplicity and and its vulnerability, you know, it means you, you definitely get hit by lots of things, and it means you've got to develop a lot of resilience, patience, strength, um, and uh, also um, a feeling of of uh, you know you're free from the worldly customs and conventions. You know, so naturally, we have conventional form but the idea is within that you can be whoever you want to be you know you, you don't have to be anything great you know you learn jungle jungle practice <laughs> and some of it's fairly you know there's beautiful quiet places some of it's mysterious some of it's it's raw but it's all very authentic. 
second question how can we train the mind to have the energy to prop it prop up itself to overcome mental dullness yeah well you know there's there's the uh, uh, paradox in the question how can you train the mind to have energy to overcome its own dullness well if it's dull it doesn't have the energy does it um, <laughs> so uh, where are you going to get the resource from and there's a, there are various, various fairly um, obvious things we can do um, which is train your mind to develop your body develop the body mm-hmm. develop posture yeah. so even the mind feels dull or sleepy you just keep developing will willingness okay I don't like sleepiness but I'm willing to be with it yeah. and so then uh, bringing your body bringing energy into your body through holding po- posture straightening the spine lifting the body opening the chest and uh, keeping the eyes open that is a pretty fundamental um, re- reference points for uh, holding one's ground against the force of dullness and the dullness doesn't just disappear. Uh, yeah, so you don't. You know, we'd like it to just snap out of it, but the real stuff doesn't disappear like that. You, it's like a, a fog, and you have to bear with it, and uh, until you, till the energy gathers, and that can take quite a while. So posture, eyes open. Uh, and particularly in terms of your lower back uh, where you train yourself um, before you get too dull um, is to bring a lot of awareness into your spine so just contemplate the lower spine, the sacrum, the lumbar region the mid back uh, where it joins the ribs uh, between the shoulder blades up to the neck into the head as one unit, it's, it's, it's many bones stacked on top of each other. Trying to keep the whole thing in mind. Yeah. And draw your awareness, so drawing your awareness back away from your face towards the spine and connecting the spine to the ground when you're sitting. It is connected, but actually being aware of that connection. Yeah. And then using just the uh, develop the support muscles to hold particularly around the lower spine all this area in the waist in the hips use that as like a as your strengthening mold that's like a uh, a mold from which the spine can rise like the ground the earth you want to make that strong uh, even if it gets uncomfortable you exercise it to make it strong so that you can support from the base you can't, you can't support it from the top <coughs> all the strength has to come from here and the legs using that to brace the spine and you draw the lower spine in so the abdomen is held open if the abdomen is closed 
breathing becomes shallow, you don't get energy, you start getting sleepy. So if this closes, you lose energy. So how do you open it? You push your spine in and turn the ribs, the rib cage, just let it rock back a little. So it's as if the, the cage, the basket of the ribs rests back on the spine rather than pressing on the belly. This keeps this abdominal region open and flexible. Therefore it can swell and flex with the breath. That's going to be, in terms of body energy, uh, uh, important to, to um, keep that, that place uh, carefully uh, um, t- attended to. So you use your spine to back muscles to hold your chest and the abdominal muscles just lengthen and keep it propped back and that particular position don't overdo it it's not supposed to be a strain but you could do it firmly and then relax a little drawing between the shoulder blades between the shoulder blades where we begin the hump (coughs) when the hump begins it's it's the beginning of the end (laughs) as far as clarity goes when that hump moves in, over goes the head, and then we're in the banana position. So you want to keep that uh, uh, so pushed slightly in as if between the shoulder blades you're inclining towards the breastbone. Uh, and drop your shoulders, and keep your neck, your head, your neck in line with your back don't let your head take over <clears throat> so the skull is a box of bone or, uh, a sphere of bone and you want to keep that balanced on top of your head um, <clears throat> so that uh, it doesn't tilt forward if head tilts forward your neck swings over your back comes over again you're going to find yourself uh, uh, full of obsessive thoughts and daydreams and gradually the mind begins to wriggle out into its own fashionings and fabrications and you lose grounded presence and then you're out and you don't even know it you don't even know it that's the thing with with dullness sometimes you don't even know it you know you just wow where was I because Something's not dull. The mind is kind of gurgling and burbling away, and little dreamy things, and this, that, and the other, and soft things. Fine, meditating, you know. And then you notice the carpet's getting kind of close. <laughs> yeah, or you that, that sort of. When if you feel yourself doing that, then you know, hey, this is serious. It's probably time to stand up, because you may have passed the point of no return as regards sitting so it's really good to stand up stretch your body upwards hold the breath which breathe all the way out hold the breath don't breathe in hold the breath out wait till the pressure builds up hold it hold it hold it count to ten then breathe in slowly and you get this kind of shaking effect Hold it, breathe out, all the way out. 
empty the body completely then lock don't let any air in then wait pressure builds up starts to get some pressure there give yourself another 10 15 counts and then let go a little bit breath comes in it shakes you up this is not very pleasant uh, but it does wake you up and then you, after you do that a few times you can then let the breath return yeah. <coughs> because the uh, the pivotal point is that um, breath is, is a medium breath is an energy form now if it's healthy and strong and properly grounded it's going to bring health and groundedness to your whole system if the breathing pattern gets infected with dullness with stress with pressure it transmits that through the whole system <laughs> right this is why you've got to be quite careful uh, and get the right sequence if you like you know, establish the proper foundation so your breath comes in naturally and it's full and it's complete and it's embodied then that, then that carries that message, that signal that, that emotion, that subtle energy through the entire form if you're stale and cramped then you get a stale cramped breath experience and that carries that through your whole form and the form is both mental and um, bodily so it's, the breath is not just a bodily experience it carries uh, tones and energies that profoundly affect the mind which is when we panic our breath goes strange yeah. when we are grief stricken our breath goes strange when we are excited our breath changes it's very much connected to one's emotions so it dull you can still feel I'm breathing in and out fine Getting to, you know, breath's going really quiet now it's because you're asleep that's why it's quiet <laughs> <laughs> you know we get this idea of calm get calm well that's often uh, uh, like an escape route really just dull out uh, space out don't, don't meet stuff uh, so there are various seductive uh, attitudes that, that support um, this uh, dullness hindrances are not they're quite careful, they're quite cunning they creep up on you and they're very they're, they're convincing dullness energy says oh things are fine and calming, pretty nice and calm and uh, me calming down now, that's what it says if it says anything then so when you're aware of that you shake up stand up his body, you're feeling if it's not taken over then you can work on it in a sitting position of course you can do walking also standing is very good you work in a sitting position use that posture, also use your hands yeah, because the the uh, body has a very sensitive uh, tactile system this is less forceful the other bit's a bit muscular this is less forceful but also very skillful because uh, the, the tactile sense is extremely sensitive particularly in the fingers 
you know, you can you touch something, you can discern a great variety of gradations of sensation, smooth, very refined, at least as at least as acute as the eye, it's probably more acute is the tactile sense, particularly in the fingertips. So these these are quite helpful. Now if you bring your fingertips so they touch the other fingertips, yeah, do that. And you feel just touch it lightly just so they're connected. And you can feel that, can't you? There's no pressure there, but you can feel sensitivity, a delicate ex- sensitive experience. Yeah. And you know all, each, all those fingers are touching each other. Now, if you felt feeling sleepy, what's going to happen? Right? They're going to slide away. At the first moment, you start to feel sleepy, they'll slide. And then that's the advance warning. So if you, oh, 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 you'll be surprised. I didn't think I was sleepy. Whoop, there it was. And so you just keep coming back to that and sustain that. Don't go into the mind. <laughs> yeah. Because the mind is now captured. Yeah. And it will say all kinds of things. Go to the tact of the body, tactile sense. Stay with it. Be patient with it. And you have to, if you stay with it, eventually you know, you, you, the mind will begin to return to, to, the, to the body, to, to that groundedness, to that awakeness. So we can use, this is the bodily method. The mental method of, uh, of energy is really um, inquiry. That's the mental, um, body doesn't really inquire. It uh, provides energy, it provides refuge, it provides stability. It's the, you could say it's a samatha vehicle. The mind is really like the panya, the wisdom vehicle. And its main energy, it can't generate it, but it can use, it can use, it can use energy to inquire. How is this? Where's that? Touch this. How does that feel? What's happening now? What is that sensation? Where is that? So you just keep nudging, nudging the mind to keep it, wake it up. <laughs> yeah, don't let it glide, don't let it slump. You keep gently prodding it. Like, what's happening now? Can you feel, if you're feeling sleepy, can you feel the sensations around your eyes? The skin. And the skill, essentially the determining skill of um, spelling hindrances is can you find the place where the hindrance isn't? Give attention to where there is say energy or clarity or willingness. Could be in your feet, could be in your hands, could be in your back, could be by bringing something to mind that lifts you. An image. Uh, so you using it this way. So you, then give attention to those qualities. 
Um, and in meditation you do begin to experience uh, you know a whole another level range of experiences subtle lights, silences sense of space groundedness you know, which are not available on the ordinary sense consciousness they are um, transpersonal mm. uh, so they're not available in the person package but we can enter those places the profound silence uh, the sense of firmness and groundedness uh, and so there's no hindrance there that's that okay if you find anything what I call refuge place you know, before the hindrances take over before they creep in take your, take your stand there where you feel confident don't be lured away from that uh, into something that seems more interesting or specialized. Just keep ground. Your aim here is to repel the power, the push of the hindrances, the latencies. They may not be evident yet, but they will be. Until you've really understood uh, the qualities of ill will, the subtleties of it, the voices of it, the justification of it. Yeah. Yeah, the righteousness of it, the revenge qualities, <laughs> you know, the putting people down who are bad, you know, so on, so on. it's all justifiable. Till you've understood that this is poisoning my heart. <laughs> Till you've understood the complaining critical mind that finds this isn't right and that isn't right. Yes, it's not right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it could be better. But this quality is embittering my mind. One that be more contented, spacious. Yeah. Till you've understood those things. So the hindrances are like a, a part, like a test. You have to see them. You have to know them. They have to arise. Uh, until you've really understood them, you know. Then you you move on to another. You uh, could another stage. You might see another phase things are freer, more open but uh, we should never neglect the uh, uh, need and the focus on our first big um, you know uh, practice is to understand to wait till the hindrances arise they don't take long and uh, then understand them and not just the grossness of them but the subtle ones the subtle ill will Uh, feeling ill will towards towards people who you might think deserve it you know yeah he has a bad person he has done wrong he is nasty uh huh that's him isn't it why do I have to let that make me angry and rancorous and bitter yeah and for ordinary person yeah why why shouldn't I (laughs) Yeah, sure. Why shouldn't you? What do you like? Do you like that? Do you enjoy it? And you can enjoy it. <laughs> you can enjoy it. Hmm. That does. There's no liberation in that. Uh. Yeah. And we can get convinced by the negative impressions we have of ourselves, which are also a form of ill will. 
why do you keep remembering yourself in such a dismal light? (laughs) What good does it do you? Is it useful? Do you have to keep doing it? (laughs) Do you have to keep comparing yourself negatively with other people? Okay, she is taller, so what? (laughs) Okay, he is smarter, so what? What good does it do living in shadows all the time? Okay, he did get a praised or something. Well, good. Good for him. <laughs> Why should I feel jealous and embittered? You know? And these, of course, it's not a rational process, so we begin to recognize, hey, that's a good question. Am I in charge of this, or am I dependent upon the world around me? You know? Am I going to get negative because it's too hot or too cold, or too noisy or too quiet or she's this or he's that or she doesn't do this or he's always doing that you can wait till the world is peaceful before you get happy dream on <laughs> you know you have to start with finding your own your own refuge and, and enjoying it and then that, then you, you found you, you know your free place there's nothing should deprive you of that uh, and you know but you know, not recognize. You know, it's it's sometimes a tall, it's a big ask because we have experienced a lot, say, of other people's ill will or fear or guilt. We have messed up in the past. It's not very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't lived spotlessly. So you know, okay, let's come up with a bit of metta karuna learn, okay, lesson learned, enough of that right, move on Yeah. don't carry these these grudges so justificate, there are plenty of justifications for any of these hindrances and why we are cultivating this um, yeah, uh, primary uh, sense of refuge is to say there's this you, can lo- you want to lose that for that you know, you want to go out to find fault with everyone else and yourself, or would you sooner stay here with this? <laughs> you don't need, you know, you don't need to create a person all the time and defend it and make something out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, but then for that, we do, as I say, the, you do need to establish. Uh, the refuge and what energy it takes uh, what energy it takes what stability it takes to get that reference there's something worthwhile to be cared for here to be respected here to be protected to to take your stand upon and you keep that's it really these hindrances come waving at you and washing over you and you just (laughs) <laughs> you can hold your ground, um, and so there are clearly we can rationalise. That's that's pointless. That's a waste of time. I shouldn't feel so bitter. It's yesterday. It's ten years ago. Yeah, but you still do, don't you? <laughs> you can't. These hindrances are not reasonable, and you can't reason your way out of it. But you can say. This I've done this for quite a while now, haven't I? Yeah, 
How does it feel? Where does it, where do you feel it? Yeah. That place where you're feeling it. Could you uh, bring some warmth and love into that place? Stop doing this to it. Stop doing this hurting to it. Uh, you know, so whatever it takes. Hindrances are like this. Sense desire, always plenty of stuff to desire. The world of sense consciousness is rich with it. Desirables. It's we're, we're primed to be triggered by pleasure pain. Yeah. And the sense consciousness provides that constantly. Yeah. And you follow it. And you begin to see yeah, you get the kind of burst and then here we are again, hungry. And you get kind of addicted to it. <coughs> the mind loses its strength. And we, we, we it loses its potency. It's it's sold itself. It's it's collapsed into the sense fields. Yeah, and they, they then throw you around. And uh there's no, there's no quenching of the hunger and the thirst. <coughs> so we take a stand, and these are uh, not just kind of ascetic practices, these are uh, liberation for everyone. And essentially we have the push the push of feeling, you know, the push of it, the push of pain, the, the pull of pleasure. <laughs> so you, you kind of, mm-hmm. uh, and what is being pushed and pulled? What is it that's being pushed and pulled? Right there, not the one shouldn't be pushed and pulled. Not that one shouldn't experience mental pain, discomfort, irritation, unpleasing experiences, but right there, what is being displeased? And then that, that's, you can say, that's the vipassana, that's the insight, there's the wave of displeasure, and then there's something, what is it that's being displeased? Chitta? So separate. There's the feeling, there's that which feels. That which feels is sensitive. I would bring more awareness right into that which feels. Yeah, so you don't even have to move away from pleasure pain. Bring more and more and more awareness into that which is feeling it. And what tends to occur is, is a shift from the push. Yeah to the awareness and then you get more and more focused on awareness the push recedes you don't experience it so strongly it it loses its highlight it loses its intensity no it's just that yeah it's not pleasant so 
uh, it, it, then it loses its, its loses its power and its sting, not through uh, rebutting it, uh, not through shifting it, not through changing something else, just by going more fully into the awareness of what is touched. And this is the difference between chitta and that which affects chitta. Displeasure is of many kinds. Obviously there's acute physical pain and this can be damaging to the body so it's not really the the main theme of our practice. You make a reasonable effort. But there's other forms of physical displeasure, a bit of hunger, yeah, maybe too hot or too cold it's not really going to damage you uh, and then you feel yourself oh no I can't no <laughs> and it's just yeah everybody gets some of this it's, it's just we have to bear with it and what is aware of that and then there's the mental displeasure, things not being quiet the way I like, not so tidy as I like it tidier, or I like it uh, quieter, or I like it emptier, or I like it more convivial, or I like it more my style. You know? So it's not miserable, it's just not quite fits. And okay, that's that. So sometimes the displeasure is not so strong, but it's can be very pervasive. And you bear with it. The social displeasure of being ignored. Everybody else is getting attention, I'm not getting any attention. And then that's unpleasant. Then I'm getting all the attention, that's unpleasant. Because <laughs> I suddenly feel everybody's looking at me, and then nobody's looking at me, that's unpleasant. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I want just three people to look at me occasionally <laughs> and take it in turns, but <laughs> not too intensely. Uh, you know, just just let it be what it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that's the way we use our life. That's why this is a living practice. Because all these subtle and grosser effects are happening all the time, aren't they? Feeling confused, feeling a bit lost. Uh, Unpleasant. Okay. So rather than get flurried, just there you've got the focus. Don't get pushed around by that. Relax, let go. Um, Seeking knowledge, seeking understanding, seeking something more convincing to hold on to. This is work, you know, and it's something that it's not up for me to determine. Really, I encourage it, but it requires some stamina, and uh, you have to take it, you know, build your own strength in it, but the result is your mind does get strong in a good way, not an aggressive way, but strong in a a resourceful, resilient, um, spacious way. You don't get knocked around by life. And yeah, that may not be awakening, but it's a pretty good thing to begin with. <laughs> to be getting on with, because that's very direct, isn't it? Just to not get knocked around by life, death, separations, confusions, diseases, ups, downs, misunderstandings, and so forth. 
then you do that, we call that I don't, I don't think there's a technical term for it but it feels good yeah. and so uh, encouragement for practice if you like to uh, <coughs> stretch your legs again if you're to be stretched and uh, I've just got my phone so I'm just going to watch a few YouTube videos just, you know, get, do something by yourself, <laughs> and I'll get back to you in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>